0: Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today.
1: Will he stay or will he go? Lamar Jackson's offseason takes center stage. The Miami Heat stood pat at the trade deadline, which is, in itself, a bold move. And the holding call on James Bradbury isn't anywhere near as bad as you're thinking it is. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today.
2: Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story.
1: This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduelcom slash locked on to get started. While the NFL world waits for Aaron Rodgers to emerge from his darkness retreat to make a decision, he's not the only former MVP whose future remains shrouded in darkness. Sorry, we had to, I I, would, I had to do it. Kevin Ostreicher from Locked On Ravens joins me now. And and Kevin Lamar Jackson uh, does not have a long-term contract with the Baltimore Ravens at this point. And now reports say Baltimore could tag him and could potentially be interested in a cache of picks in what would be one of the biggest blockbuster trades we've ever seen. Let's start with this at its most basic level. Why do the Ravens and Lamar Jackson not have a contract done already?
0: Well, all the reports, Peter, point to guaranteed money. And a lot of that goes back to Deshaun Watson's deal last offseason with the Browns, where that deal is fully guaranteed and really shook up the quarterback market. And Lamar Jackson deserves to be paid. He deserves to have a boatload of guaranteed money. But at this point, it seems like Lamar is really pushing for that, according to all reports, pushing for that fully guaranteed deal, while the Ravens aren't really there yet. So we're about a month away from free agency. I highly doubt the Ravens just let them hit the open market. There would be a franchise tag in that situation as reports have talked about, but it's interesting because a franchise tag is a one-year fully guaranteed deal where for an extension, you could potentially make that first year cap hit low, like $10 million or $12 million and have more flexibility. So for a team that right now has around 27, $28 million in cap space, a non-exclusive franchise tag is 32 million fully guaranteed. An exclusive franchise tag is 45 million guaranteed. That hurts your flexibility this year a lot more than a long-term extension with a $10 million cap hit. So there, there's a lot to maneuver, but if you just break it down at a basic level, it really seems like the guaranteed money for both sides is the sticky point.
1: And and the problem is if you're going to fully guarantee the whole deal, then you can't play the salary cap math unless you add void years. This this gets this becomes a math problem very quickly. Um, let's say they get to the point where, okay, this, is, this has become um, too animosity-filled between these two sides. And part of the problem is Lamar does not have an agent, where you can have an agent and your owner or agent and your GM or cap specialist sit in a room and hash these things out. You no, know, this gets a little personal, and so that can create um, a, some more tension here. Let's say this gets to a point where, okay, this is, this is not salvageable. You have to move on. What, what does a fair haul look like for Baltimore? It's, it's such a tough conversation because it feels like he is
0: a player that would fetch at least the Russell Wilson trade package, if not more. So you're getting multiple first round picks, multiple high quality, potentially young players. And then on top of that, it's would the Ravens want a quarterback back in that deal or would right. they want to maybe use one of their own draft picks, bring in their own guy. So if it's Atlanta, let's say is Desmond Ritter on the table. Or if it's somewhere else, do you want a young quarterback back in that deal? Or would you rather have a higher first-round draft pick to be able to bring in your Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or Will Levis or Anthony Richardson or whoever it would be? So the the non-exclusive franchise tag, if if Lamar leaves on that tag, you get two first-round picks. Lamar's worth much more than just two first-round picks in this scenario. So in this case, I'm thinking three firsts and a couple of players at least because he is that good. And he's a franchise quarterback, whether that's for the Ravens or for somebody else, you would have teams lining up out the door, quarterback needy teams lining up out the door for a player like Lamar Jackson. And to be honest, the Ravens haven't faced something like this before where yes, they signed Joe Flacco to two huge extensions, one after the Super Bowl, which was deserved. And then one in 2016, which was not as deserved, but (laughs) this Lamar extension is going to be, you know, two, three, however many times that deal, this is going to be the biggest contract if it happens in Ravens history.
1: Stay up to date all year on the Baltimore Ravens by subscribing to Locked on Sports today and Locked on Ravens on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked on Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Miami Heat standing pat at the trade deadline was a bold move. Before we get to that, the New York Jets seem to be hedging their bets on Aaron Rodgers. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. I won money on the Super Bowl with it. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point spreads and... Everything in between. The Boston Celtics are in Milwaukee to face the Bucks tonight. FanDuel loves the Bucks in this one and has them as ten point favorites. Jason Tatum not expected to play. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduelcom on. That's fanduelcom on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA.
0: Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
1: The New York Jets hired Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator, potentially as a ploy to lure Aaron Rodgers to the Big Apple. Now they seem to be hedging. The Jets hired former Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator Todd Downing to be their passing game coordinator, ESPN reported on Monday. Downing has ties to Ryan Tannehill and Derek Carr, two quarterbacks who could be targets for the Jets if Rodgers' plans fall through. The 42-year-old Downing was arrested last November and charged with DUI on speeding in the hours after the Titans' Thursday night game against the Packers. The Titans didn't punish Downing at the time, but he was fired at the conclusion of their 7-10 season. Philadelphia Eagles All-Pro right tackle Lane Johnson will undergo surgery later this week. Johnson played through a torn adductor this postseason. He delayed his surgery so he could play in the postseason as the Eagles advanced to Super Bowl 57. He suffered the injury, which sidelined him for the final two games of the regular season on Christmas Eve against the Dallas Cowboys. Johnson has not allowed a sack since week 11 of 2020, according to Pro Football Focus. There's no time like the present, especially if you ask Kyrie Irving. He asked members of the media to not ask him questions about the future as it is, quote, a distraction. Forgive people for being curious as there's no guarantee Kyrie will play for Dallas past this season or past tonight. He's a free agent after this year and the path is paved for him to go to Los Angeles and reunite with LeBron James and the Lakers. It's no secret that LeBron was disappointed when the Lakers did not land Kyrie at the deadline. It's not a secret because he said that in an interview on the record. Los Angeles reportedly offered Russell Westbrook and a couple of first-round picks in a potential trade. Of course, that is nowhere near as good as what Dallas offered, so Brooklyn seems vindicated here still. Nobody asked Kyrie about anything except today because, after all, tomorrow never comes. This is wild. Speaking of the NBA and speaking of Brooklyn, the Nets got run out of Madison Square Garden by Jalen Brunson and the Knicks on Monday.
3: The New York Knicks end a nine-game losing streak to the Brooklyn Nets in emphatic fashion. A 124-106 to victory led by his historic night from Jalen Brunson. I'm Gavin Shaw, the Locked On Knicks podcast. Brunson dropped 40 points, no turnovers, and 70% shooting. Great stat, courtesy of Knicks Film School's Jonathan Macri, becoming the first Knicks to ever do that. Just the 19th player in NBA history to ever pull off that feat. Josh Hart, his former Villanova teammate, wasn't far behind him with 27 points. The one concern for Hart coming into New York was his three-point shooting this year, particularly his reluctance to take them. Uh, Not an issue tonight. Four for six from distance and continuing to inject some energy, some life beyond just Emmanuel quickly into the second unit, Julius Randle filled in especially in the first quarter with some big time shots and for the Knicks given that they came into the night three games in back of the Nets this was a must win. The
1: Atlanta Hawks scored 138 and lost to the oh no Charlotte Hornets.
3: Hello friends my name is Brad Rowland The Atlanta Hawks fall on their faces up in Charlotte on this Monday evening falling to the Charlotte Hornets and allowing 144 points. That is a season high in points allowed for the Hawks, it was a calamity defensively throughout the night against the league's worst offense by the numbers in Charlotte. There were some bright spots on offense, Portland in this game in particular, and Sadiq Bay made his Hawks debut. But aside from that, uh, the night, the sort of theme of the evening was certainly the defense and how lackluster it was from start to finish. The Hawks did get back to win the game down the stretch. They have chances to win in the final minutes, but certainly the bigger uh, takeaways that the Hawks were not able to get stops in this game. We'll have more on this one, the big picture, and more on the Hawks podcast.
1: And on the ice, the National Predators had a bad day at the office against the Phoenix Coyotes. That's
2: exactly the kind of hockey game that makes you wanna turn the channel to something else. Nick Morgan here from the Locked on Predators podcast. Reds lose 4-2 to the Arizona Coyotes, a team that absolutely has sucked on the road this year. This game was just boring. I mean, there was no energy, even from Arizona, who wound up winning the game. But for the Nashville Predators, this is a team in the playoff hunt. They're trying to claw their way back into contention here. And yet, there was no energy, no urgency. Even at the end when they had the goalie pulled and you needed to score a goal, there was no like rushing towards the net. There was no any sort of indication that made you think they were pushing for this win at the end. It's just become a common theme for the Nashville Predators. And I don't know how they fix it and it's making a lot of doubts pop into my mind ahead of this NHL trade deadline.
1: Here is another story you need to know. Miami, always a wild card when players could be on the move, but they stamp hat at the trade deadline and are cantilevered right on the edge of the play-in tournament in the Eastern Conference. They fall to the Nuggets, 112-108. In a hard-fought game where both teams were down players, Wes Goldberg from Lockdown Heat joins me now. And-, and Wes, what did you make of Miami's approach to the trade deadline when they were seemingly rumored on a number of big-name players?
4: Yeah, look, the Heat are always going to be tied to big-name players because that's just partly what the Heat do. And at this point, just sort of what we assume, even if they don't even have any interest in those players, we just sort of assume that they might be after them. So, of course, their name ends up just being sort of in the ether, when it comes to Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, even smaller kind of players like Zach Levine and, and guys like that, and ultimately the Heat didn't make any moves at the deadline. And I think ultimately what we're looking at is just the Heat kind of being in no man's land in terms of um, having a limited amount of assets that they could use in terms of draft capital and good young players or even just rotation players on sort of positive value contracts, um, and and wanting to sort of make a big splash as opposed to maybe minor tweaks to the roster over the last eight months, not just the trade deadline over the last eight months, dating back to the off season, the heat have not added a single new veteran player to a team that went to game seven of the Eastern conference last uh, finals last season. That's a little strange, but yeah. I think it says a lot about where this heat front office thinks the roster is. And, and I keep coming back to this. They believe they need a star and they are not willing to move off of any minor assets to kind of make smaller moves around the
1: existing core. So then, what is the 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 ceiling of this version of the Heat? They'd won eight straight ahead of this game and had been playing much better basketball after a little bit of a sluggish start. So how how far can they go this year? How good can this team be absent a new star? This this Heat team could go.
4: Um, I, I kind of they're going to be a playoff team. Okay, I, I think they're as good as any team in the East outside of. Milwaukee, Boston, and Philadelphia—that is the clear top three. But with Brooklyn kind of uh, uh, rebuilding after the trade deadline, no Kyrie, no KD, we'll see what happens to them. They're, they've got enough of a cushion where they'll still probably be a playoff team. But nobody's afraid of the Brook, this this new Brooklyn Nets roster in a postseason. Um, the Cleveland Cavaliers are really good. I think the Heat can compete with them, if not beat them in a series. Uh, and then every team beyond them—the the Knicks, the Hawks, like you name it. I don't think the Heat are scared of any of those teams, but I think there's a pretty strong ceiling um, as to how far the Heat can go. To me, in the Eastern Conference, it's a three-team race between Milwaukee, Boston, and, and Philadelphia, and those are teams with stars. And, and right now, the Heat have all-star players in Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, but they don't have the elite-level talent that those teams do, nor the depth at this point.
1: What, what do you think they are willing to give up in terms of some of those core assets you mentioned? Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, really good all-star level players. Tyler Hero, another really good player. But if you want to get a superstar level player, you might have to give up some of or one of those guys in a transaction like that, which hurts your core, obviously. So as we think of this sort of longer term, is this just like Bam Adebayo and everybody else? Or, or how do you view the construction <laughs> of this team? I think it's
4: the former. I, I kind of do think it's Bam Adebayo and everybody else. And and look, Jimmy Butler is is still the heart and soul of this team and and you're probably not trading him either. And they love the development that Tyler Hero has made this year. Um he was out tonight against the Nuggets with with a knee injury, but for the most part he's been he's been pretty good for them all year. But they were willing to put Tyler Hero on the table in terms of Kevin Durant negotiations over the offseason. There were some contract stipulations that prevented him from really being in any kind of trades at the deadline before Kevin Durant ultimately ended up in Phoenix. But I, I think that the Heat were willing to put, you know, Tyler Hero and their other young players, whether it's Caleb Martin, Max Drews, Duncan Robinson, like whatever, these kind of role players, they're willing to do everything that they could other than Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo to get a star, including all of their picks. The thing is, all of their picks just isn't enough picks anymore. Right. Like we're seeing what all the, all these stars are going for. Four first-round picks, unprotected, swaps in between, Uh, a bunch of second-round picks now. like The Heat have one second-round pick that they could trade between now and 2029, and it's the one in 2029. Nobody (laughs) cares about that.
1: Stay up to date all year on the Miami Heat by following Locked On Sports today and Locked on Heat on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, if we're all being honest with ourselves, that final holding call in the Super Bowl was... James Bradbury was called for holding, and the Philadelphia Eagles were robbed of a chance to make a dramatic last-minute comeback in the Super Bowl. Many have called the penalty egregious, and just another piece of evidence to the decline of NFL officiating. Matt Williamson of Peacock and Williamson disagrees. In the world of ref gaffs in the history of the league, it's way, way, way down the list for me. Like, like you said, it probably is like going 65 in the 60. I personally would not have thrown the flag because of the situation and you hadn't thrown them yet. I think there has to be a little bit of a human element to the reffing of it and just say, I haven't called that to this point. I recognize that's a penalty. I'm going to keep it in, keep the flag in my, in my pocket for now. The thing that doesn't get discussed enough when it comes to the officiating problems in the NBA and the NFL is replay. Replay has made this so much worse because we sit there for two, four, eight, ten, twelve 10, 12 minutes looking at replay after replay, after replay, slowing frame by frame down to the thousandth of the second. And then we expect every call to be right. And if it's not, we freak out because we spent 15 minutes trying to adjudicate the right call. Replay. Is eating itself make it 30 seconds make it a minute you look at a couple angles and you move forward and I understand the Bradbury call was not a replay call but this is connected if we're not so focused on the refs if every replay that that has to go to a booth review is not 45 minutes long We're not so focused on the officiating because the goal of the officiating is to keep any game fair. And the role of replay is to make sure that that officiating is also equitable in a way that makes sense for fair play in the game. That means overturning obviously bad calls. If you have to look at the three blades of grass between a player's foot and the sidelines, We've gone too far and that is why there's so much focus on the officials because we've created an environment where those granules where something that nuanced and that infinitesimal is magnified. If we stopped doing that, we could actually take some of the focus off the officials and see that 95% of the time they're doing a really good job, but it's that 5%. If we paired back replay and said, okay, we're just going to focus on the obviously bad calls and there's a shot clock, you have 30 seconds to get the call right. If it doesn't look obviously wrong, we're moving on. I think that makes everything so much better. And we stop focusing on all of this so much. And finally, Alabama is number one in basketball. For the first time in 20 years, the Crimson Tide are atop the AP poll in men's college basketball Alabama has made a name for itself as more than just a football school since coach Nate Oates arrived from Buffalo in 2019 the Crimson Tide reached the NCAA tournament's elite eight two years ago and Oates pulled in one of the nation's best recruiting classes last year so yes you can continue hating on Alabama past football season because they're good at basketball now too thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen Coming up tomorrow, who will be the next NFL coaching hire? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.